Welcome everybody to the Sleepy Perform Repeat Podcast. This is your host, David Clancy, and along with my co-host, Connor Gavin, we are here in SoCo Performance, Dublin, Ireland, to bring you a podcast focusing on what it means to be performing at the highest level. What, in essence, is high-performance culture? We're going to share our experience and our backgrounds into what we've acquired over the years. Connor Gavin has extensive experience of working in the AFL with the West Coast Eagles, but also having worked in a high-performance environment with the Irish rugby team. Myself, David Clancy, I'm going to bring my experience and know-how from having worked in London with Isaac Kinetic Medical Group on Hardy Street, but also having experienced high-performance culture working with the Brooklyn Nets and the San Antonio Spurs of the NBA. What we're striving to achieve here is to find out what exactly makes high-level athletes tick and what makes them to perform at the highest level and how they really can get back to play at the highest level of return to play and return to performance after injury. How do all these elements play a role in performance? That's what we're really trying to find out here. So I hope you all enjoy listening to this and can learn. I really hope it sparks an interest because what we're really trying to do here in Ireland is evolve and grow and tap into what really makes high-performance culture. Hey guys, so today we spoke with professional footballer Armand Traore. So we have a chat about where he's at with his playing career at the moment, talk about his typical training week, and we also talk about how he finds balancing his Muslim faith, and specifically Ramadan, with the nutritional requirements of professional sport. For a good chat about the power of self-talk and his use of mantras, uh, how he dealt with injuries from a psychological point of view throughout his career, how he finds balancing family and football, his any career setbacks he's had alongside any career highlights he's had, uh, and also the development of his game. So one for anyone with an interest in football. So as per usual, you can check out more on this episode and others on sleepyperformrepeat.com and list any feedback or give us any questions that you might have on the episode. And if you have any questions or comments for Armand himself, he is on Instagram on Armand Traore Official. So yeah, hope you enjoy this one and speak to you soon. Okay, so hi everyone and welcome again to another episode of Sleep Each Performer Peace. Today we are speaking with professional footballer Armand Traore. David again knows Armand very well from his time in London, so I will hand over to David to do the introductions. Hello everyone, hello listeners. Um, Armand's a pro footballer, plays usually left fullback, currently playing in Turkey with Kaiko Rizespor, but has had a pretty illustrious and prestigious career having played in many different countries with many different managers. He's played for Arsenal, Juventus, Queen's Park Rangers, Nottingham Forest, Portsmouth and Monaco throughout a really distinguished career. So we're myself and Connor are both really looking forward to speaking to Armand today and hearing how he's how he's currently doing and what makes high performance tick for Armand. So Armand, how's life? How's everything? Talk to us a little bit about what you're doing these days. Well, to be honest, um, I'm not doing too much. Um, I had a massive, um, massive dispute with my uh, Turkish club, you know, back uh, back in September. So that didn't go down too well. The, the experience to go to Turkey has been truly shocking, if, if I'm truly honest. But, uh, you know, I'm looking to get back onto my feet uh, in the summer and try to maybe come back to to England, maybe hopefully the Championship or, you know, somewhere maybe the MLS. I'm looking at the MLS at the moment. I will see maybe back to front. I don't really know. But, um, yeah, that's, uh, I'm, just, I'm not doing much at the moment. Just uh, keeping fit, really. I'm sorry to hear that. I I've spent a little bit of time with um, 
with New York Red Bull recently. I know their sports med physician really well, so that could be a club. Obviously, Thierry Henry played there, so that might be a club you could go over to and live up, live in the Big Apple for a couple of years. Yeah, oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. So, Armand, you as you say, you're you're keeping fit at the moment. Obviously, yeah. the, the the levels of uh, your your levels of keeping fit are probably a very different definition to my levels of keeping fit. You being a pro footballer, so what what's your week look like at the moment? Your typical week, Joe. How are you keeping yourself motivated to train and uh, keep yourself kind of in good nick for for a return to a return to sport, basically. Moment, I've been training with them um, because I've had this massive dispute in terms of salary with my club. Uh, they've, they've basically, since January, I've been with the under 21. So my typical day would be I wake up and we train usually at three o'clock in the afternoon. So I'd wake up and have a you know a decent uh, breakfast. Um, then I'd, uh, that consists mainly of fruits and like dates and nuts and things like this. I'll have one shake, then I'll go to training for about two hours. And then when that when that's finished, I'll um, I'll go to the gym for another couple of hours, and um, do mainly upper body. You know, uh, twice a week I'm, I'll do like uh, lower body uh, strength, um, and that's basically what I do. I have two days off, uh, one day off a week, and uh, during my day off, I, do, I will usually not do anything. I won't go to the gym, or I will you know stay at uh, at home. And then uh, yeah, then my you know, to stay motivated, it's just, um, you know, when you're all alone and things are not going well, you just have to find a way to keep motivated. And uh, thankfully, you know, I'm doing well on that part. Yeah. Okay. And you, so you, you, you mentioned there about your, your routine specifically with diet. It was one thing I, I used to work in London. And um, the area of London I worked in used to have a, a fairly large Muslim community. And I often wondered um, how, say, something like Ramadan, which is happening at the moment, will affect players of, of Muslim faith. Is that something that you have to cater for specifically at the moment? Or have you got ways around it, basically, to, to help you keep on track? To be honest, uh, obviously Ramadan started on, on Monday. And today is actually the first day that I started, um, like, you know, uh, training and uh, yeah, I'm I'm currently in London at the moment, so I'm not I'm not in Turkey. Okay. But um, today today's the first day that I went uh, I went to the gym uh, while fasting. So the, that that started on Monday, um, and then you know usually I think most Muslims football players would try and wait uh, until they can eat, so like towards age thirty nine o'clock, and then hit the gym then to try and do some training then. I feel like it helps me to, you know, get through the day to just go to the gym and do a bit of upper body, you know, and I, I just think I prefer, I prefer to do it like this, you know, I don't like to wait until 9 o'clock, you know, 9 p.m. So, yeah, that's it. And, and what I eat at the moment is pretty much the same. I am not, I'm not 100% vegan, but I try to be a fruitarian. I try to eat like mainly just fruits and, uh, and nuts. And uh, sometimes, you know, uh, vegetables, but I try to keep that uh, raw, if you know what I mean. Okay. Um, but sometimes, when I go to a really nice restaurant, I'll have one fish, you know, every now and then. But you were, very good at, eat, you were very good at bringing me smoked salmon sandwiches to keep me going in London. <laughs> I never, yeah. I'll never forget that. <laughs> uh, good days, yeah. Good days. I could never see, I never saw someone jump as high as you. Um, Armand, if you had a if you had a mantra, you know, kind of a meaning or or something that you say to yourself, 
what would that be? A, ma- a mantra, you think. Yeah, do you, have, do you have any kind of words of wisdom you say to yourself, you know, if, just to give yourself a lift or any, or any sort of saying that you, that you abide by every day? You know, I have a couple of things I say to myself sometimes if I'm going into work or training or a big meeting or anything like that. Do you have any words of wisdom you say to yourself to inspire you? Sorry, Armand, you, you speak yeah. about the, the difficult times there. Um, so f- speaking from your own personal point of view, the injuries that you've had in your career then, do you feel like that they've given you, uh, looking back now, uh, they've helped steal you emotionally, that you're, you're kind of a, a better rounded person, psychologically speaking, um, from those injuries? Or, or how did you deal with them at the time? Were you as kind of rational in, in thinking about them as, as you are in speaking now? curious and a question we ask all all the soccer players is how hard or easy is it to balance the family life with that of a professional footballer that's traveling around and playing hectic training home and away matches you know is it a hard thing finding that balance and then finding time for yourself as well you know you're having to support your family spend time with your wife who have who have met and then obviously you're having to play football all the time because that's your career but you also need to find time for yourself so it must be challenging to balance everything i think i think uh, i think you can easily bring the two the two lives together the family life with those you know obviously like when i was in england and we were traveling away um for, for, for example when i was at party for nottingham forest um i'd leave in party until you know, like if we had a day off you know, I'd come back and then I'd stay, I'd spend some time with my kids and my family. But other than that, was, I was in Cardiff for Nottingham Forest. And when we were playing, when we were playing, we had the day off uh, all the time after after the game. So I was seeing my family twice a, a week and, you know, they were getting, you know, my, my wife was used to it. And 
my kids were used to it, but what, where, where it became difficult is where I moved country. Yeah. Um, you know, when you, when you move country, it's quite, it's quite hard. Ideally, you'd want your family to move with you, but, you know, schools and, you know, where the, wherever you're going to play, there decent schools, international schools. So that, that was difficult. It was, it was new for me. But I believe that I've managed it, uh, I've managed it well. And um, I just think, yeah, I think, like, if I was in England, I don't think that being a professional footballer and a family man, you know, uh, interferes with each other. I think you can easily, you know, bring the two together. Okay. For me, that's what I think. Perfect. So, Armand, you, you mentioned there that you've been lucky enough to never have any major injuries in your career. Um, what would you say then has been the actual the biggest setback that you've undergone professionally to date, and, and what did you learn from that setback? I, I would say the, the you talk about injuries or in general. Oh, in general, injuries or or performance yeah. or anything that uh, you you saw as a major setback in your career, and, and what you took from it, and how you overcame it. Well, I would say I would say. Definitely the Turkish experience, I would say, okay. that definitely be the biggest setback for me in terms of um, playing time, in terms of the way I was treated, or the way I'm being treated over there. Um, everything has been like a big shock to me, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And um, like I said, like uh, there were some times when it was quite difficult. I'm not gonna lie, it was it was tough. Um, but I never, I've never lost the faith, you know. I just, I always, I'm truly, I'm a big believer of there's always a light at the end of the tunnel, no matter how long the tunnel is. And um, if I think in my career, what was, the, you know, the biggest setback? I would say this was for me the worst experience so far, and okay. it might not still be finished. I'm looking for a solution to sort it out, but um, I can't think of anything, you know, worse actually. Yeah. Okay, so let's flip it. What's been the most memorable part of your career thus far? And you've you've probably had a few, but if you can name one or you can name a couple, Armo. I would say playing in the Cardiff Cup final with Arsenal uh, at the minimum stadium in Cardiff when I was, I think, 17. Unfortunately, we lost, um, we lost that 2-1 against Chelsea. I would say the whole run up to the, to the final, if I can pick that, that that'd be one. The whole run up onto the final, the way with the semi final, cross final, um, the whole thing was amazing. I'll never forget that. Hmm. And um, the second one would be winning the playoff final with QPR at the last, um, you know, 10 against 11 against Derby and then Bobby Zamora 6 1 in on the 8th minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And literally, Wembley went crazy. I keep talking about it. I watched it every now and then, I get goosebumps. And and you as a footballer and as a person as a person personally, you've changed a lot since you were sixteen or seventeen. You have you have a wife, you have kids, and you've traveled okay. and played. And but as a footballer, have you have you changed the way you play a lot? You know, we have a lot of young soccer players in here in the clinic, and they're always, I'd be better as a number eleven. I'd be better as a box to box midfielder. Have you always been a specialized player, or do you feel you're? your actual game of football has changed a lot through the years as you've become more experienced? Yes, 
I agree, definitely. I believe that uh, now being 29, I don't do I, I don't do the same mistakes that I did when I started at 16 or 17. That's one thing. Um, you know that you're at your peak of your career when you're 29 and onwards. Um, this, that's what they say. Um, so, yeah, I, I believe I changed. Before I was I was a bit I was a bit crazy. I would, uh, I would you know. I didn't know how to manage games. Uh, I was so excited and motivated that uh, I'd be doing, you know, hundreds of sprints in the first half and then come the 60th minute in the second half, I had nothing left in the tank. Yeah. Now, you you know, I've, lear- I've learned to spread, uh, you know, that energy, you know, wisely and um, I'm, I can easily, you know, complete 90 minutes easily, you know, you know and I recover a lot quicker as well. Um, so definitely, you know, as you as you as you grow old, as you grow up, you know, there's there's few things that that you you do, you know, better. Like preseason, for instance. When I was younger, I'd go six weeks without doing absolutely anything, thinking that you know I was. Uh, and, and the preseasons were a lot harder. But now I am having to to keep working, even during the holidays. I've been in the gym, you know, doing a little bit, you know, make it for one week and do. Absolutely nothing, but uh, but that that be it. After that, you know, I'm back in the gym, you know, every day or every other day, uh, and that helps with preseason, helps with your whole season, uh, you know, coming up as well. Um, it helps with injuries, um, helps with a lot, you know, yeah. So you, you get to learn, you get you get to get the experience in by the, by by the time you reach my age. <laughs> you know how to prepare well now. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you've played for some of the most famous football clubs in England, some of the most famous football clubs in the world. You've obviously probably been exposed to a lot of very, very high performance environments. So, like looking back now, and, and just your own personal opinion, what what do you kind of how do you define high performance or high performance culture? What does that mean to you? High performance. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just trying to think. Um, high, high performance. Your, your, is, your, is the question you're saying to me? What is the high performance to me? Is that what you mean? Yeah. How would you define? Let's say you're uh, about to set up a, a football team and you're you're setting it up from scratch. What would you install? You know, what what kind of uh, okay. methodology, culture, all that kind of pro- process, basically. What what is what does it mean to you? Well, well, high performance to me. Uh, you can't have a high performance without hard work. That that is the the number one the number one uh, thing for me in high performance is the hard work, and you have to be extremely fit. You have to run more than your opponents. That is that is a fact. Yeah. Um, because you know when when I was younger, um, I, if you speak to some of the most famous names in the game, they'll tell you you know how much talent I had when I was young. I could be anything I want, etc., etc. But it took me a while to realize that uh, you know, without tal- without hard work, talent is nothing. You know, and 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 then you know, I wish I knew. I get I got to to know this this uh, this saying. Uh, you know, when I was younger, then I believe you know my career could have come different. Yeah, yeah, but, um, yeah. Uh, high performance for me is is, uh, is extremely hard work, and it yeah, and I mean hard work every day. And um, if you want to get a high performance, I believe that you have to prepare well. If you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. You know, then, you know that saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
you have to prepare well during the week and uh, and you know trainings are extremely important things that I never understood when I was younger um, uh, training training sessions should be harder than the game if you train hard enough during the week the game will be a piece of peace I don't know if you're I'm allowed to say that sorry. of course of course you're allowed to say it I was hoping you'd say something like that <laughs> yeah bit of controversy <laughs> And then obviously your your professional sport naturally contains like massive highs and massive lows with, with wins and losses. But if we were to talk about an in-game scenario uh, where you're you're playing and you make a mistake, a, a positional mistake or, or, or a discipline mistake, something like that, how would you go about kind of regaining your edge, resetting yourself within a game context? It's really funny you said that because when I was younger, um, I, I, you know, at Arsenal, they used to say to me, uh, to us, the academy. If you can't pass, you can't play. And um, when you when you gave the ball away at Arsenal, uh, it was like a, like murder. You know, especially at the academy, it's like you are not you are allowed to give. You shouldn't you shouldn't give the ball away. You know, as much as possible. Uh, sometimes it's going to happen, but uh, you know, like slop, being sloppy, it was not being accepted then. And um, I used to suffer a lot from that. When I used to make mistakes, I used to put my head down. You know, and I was uh, used to. If you if you had three three things in your life in the current day that are important to you, and they can be anything, they can be from a football perspective, family's perspective, philosophical perspective. What are those three things that that make you you today? I would say hundred uh, percent. You know, my wife and kids. I agree. Um, wife and kids. Um, my health. And you know, make sure that my whole, you know, the people that I love are healthy. Yeah. And um, remember as well that that our, our time is is um, is limited in this life, so you need to enjoy. Um, I lost my father when I was twenty years old, and that was a big shock in my life. Mm. Uh, it was a big turnaround for me. And uh, you know, every now and then, I, I you know, I see. Uh, you know, every every breath that we take, we are basically closer to to death. I know that might sound a bit morbid and all this, but that's how I see it. Um, you know, so you need to enjoy your life, enjoy your enjoy your loved ones. I mean, money is important, but uh, you know, 
you just have to look at Steve Jobs. If you have the, you know billions in your bank and you you're not healthy, you will die no matter what. So you you just have to try and look after yourself, enjoy your family, try and stay healthy, and um, and yeah, uh, that for me that's my that's my motto at the moment. You know, family, health, and uh, enjoying life. You know, you know, walk in the woods. You know, this can I love things like this at the moment. You know. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. What On the spot, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> well, it's from the heart, and what I suppose is is really nice for us to hear is that we're talking to a footballer, and he's talking about health is wealth, and and family, and how the importance of the breath is, and that just to enjoy every living moment. So, look, we've learned a lot from speaking to you today, Armo. You know, hard work without hard work, talent isn't going to get you there. You have to always prepare well. You have to be able to pass, especially if you're in the Arsenal Academy. You've learned a lot about coping and resilience and mental strength and determination. You've had to overcome a lot of different things, in, in, including this current challenge for you. But look, I, I don't know you very well, but the time, I, the limited time I spent with you, I learned that you are a guy that will always get over any challenge that you face. So myself and Connor both wish you all the best going forward in your playing career and I hope we cross our paths again in the future. So we'd like to wish you all the best from Dublin, Armand, and thanks for taking your time to speak to Thank us today. Thank you, buddy. Cheers. Thank you. Me- 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 Me-